Hi, I'm Jason Seaver. I'm a psychiatrist, and I believe in the infinite potential of the human spirit. And I'm Maggie Seaver. I'm a mother, and the infinite potential of the human spirit scares the hell out of me. <laughs> Don't let her fool you. She's not so tough. Oh, yeah? Yeah, well, anyway, last week, after 15 years of motherhood, Maggie went back to work as a reporter for the local newspaper. And Jason moved his practice into the house so he could be there for the kids. They're great kids. Yeah. And we have a great relationship with them. Yeah, there's just one problem. Their father trusts them, and they know it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Show them that smile again. Don't waste Happy Halloween, everybody. This is Angela Bowen, the host of Show Me That Smile Again, a Growing Pains podcast. And today, I promised part two of Happy Halloween, season six, episode eight. And here it is. We get a little recap from Ben, who tells us what happened in the previous episode. But we're going to skip over all of that, because we already know what happened. So we get part two, and Chrissy is hanging out by the screen door, and she's like, oh, it's letting up. The rain is letting up. And then we hear a crack of thunder. It's like, no, it's not. You're not going trick-or-treating, Chrissy. You need to get your butt back over here. Away from the open door. So I'm going to play this clip. Tell some more scary stories. I'm not finished with my face yet. Yeah, maybe you'll have it ready for the Olympics in 92. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who wants the next turn? Carol? Oh, I'm not with you people. I'm just waiting for this stiff. <laughs> Looks like I could use some help here, but... Okay, actually, um, now that I mention it, Maggie's coats are the things that change. As Ben ages. Well, they have her to start out. Ben is like six years old or eight years old and clearly it's a different kid um but they have her wearing the same shirt that she's currently wearing in this episode so now she's still wearing the same pair of jeans she's just got like a long like tan overcoat and ben's probably got to be about maybe 10 here and now, I mean, Ben looks old enough because you never see the kid underneath this big sheet. But he goes from holding a little plastic uh, orange pumpkin trick-or-treat thing to a actual jack-o'-lantern pumpkin bag. It's just a regular bag that's orange like it's a shopping bag. Almost, but it's got a jack-o'-lantern on the side of it. <laughs> but Maggie's wearing like a camo green or olive green jacket. Still the same jeans. So Ben kind of says there's word around the neighborhood. There's a house you never go to. Boo Viger? I, I can't. But anyway, <laughs> it makes me think like Boo Radley. But I guess Ben wanted to 
beat all the naysayers. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go ring the doorbell or go inside the house. So I'm going to play this clip. Like any other kid with this Halloween thing, you know, there were good ones. There were bad ones. I had been around the block a time or two. I mean, I've been doing this trick-or-treating scam since before sugar was a dirty word. And in all those years of begging, there was one house she never visited. The word was out. Don't go to Boo Iger's house. Not that anybody had ever seen him, but we all heard the stories. If you went there, you didn't come back. I mean, isn't that where the Lubbock family disappeared? All ten of them wiped out without a trace. I had to find out, even if it was the last thing I ever did. I couldn't make any noise. I could have run. I could have turned weenie. But I decided to face this like a man. It was odd, even with my heart beating like that. A strange calmness took over me. I think it was because of that smell. Where had I smelled that before? It was warm, inviting, with a hint of cheese and just a dash of oregano. What did you hear the ending? So, Ben, I don't know what happens this long white picket fence just falls down to the ground he freaks out he's on the ground belly crying across this front lawn of this house then he gets up jumps and dashes onto the front steps or the front porch and he says something about how oh that smell i it's so familiar oregano and whatever and and these Girls in the bikinis come out, and you see that flashing pizza sign. It's like, Ben, what in the world? Is that all your mind can go to? Because then we snap back to Jason's got his hand wrapped around Ben's mouth, and Maggie's got her hands clamped over Chrissy's ears. Buddy, you have no filter. You don't. Talk that way in front of your parents and your little siblings. Apparently that was a cold open because now we get the spooky intro. So Jason asks Carol if she has anything to contribute. Is she still wearing that gross, icky dress? Or is she changed into a different red dress? Like she's got more than one of those boob showing dresses. <laughs> Um, and Carol is not a team player. She's like, I don't want to tell a scary story. It's like, Carol, what is your deal? You are part of the Seaver family, are you not? You take place, you take part in these family functions. Carol, do you have anything to contribute? But I don't want to tell any stupid Halloween story. It can't be a Halloween story, just a scary story. Come on, Carol, I have every confidence you can frighten all of us. Well... There is this dream I've been having. I'm having it a lot, actually. I'm in a subway station, and I'm late. Where is everybody? Is this some sort of Jewish holiday? God, I my train. I could jump the turnstile. Huh? But that would be wrong. Now, I never do anything wrong. It's the tragedy of what I am. Attention, please. 
Stop whining and jump the turnstile. Yeah, I'm talking to you, bookworm. Wow, can you believe I did that? It doesn't matter. That train's never coming. What? I didn't say anything. Oh, sorry. I thought it. I can hear your thoughts. And I can hear yours. I'm just going to ignore her, get on that train, and get out of here. It isn't coming. It's the subway car called success. And it doesn't come to people who just wait for it. Well, what are you waiting for? I always wait here. I've been doing it since I was a freshman at Columbia University. My name is Carol Seaver. What's yours? Oh, you're not Carol Seaver. I'm Carol Seaver. <laughs> this is so bizarre. Yes. So, as you heard in the clip, Carol finally begrudgingly sits down and she's like, Well, I've been having this dream. I've been having it a lot lately. And I don't know what to... I'm not a psychiatrist, but... She's in a train station with her books. And nobody's there. And she makes a joke about, oh, is that a Jewish holiday? Okay. Then there's this older lady, like, elderly lady, who's also wearing a tan trench coat, like Carol is. And she's also got books. And supposedly this is supposed to be elderly Carol Seaver because she's like, Oh, I'm Carol Seaver. I was been waiting for this bus because Carol's waiting for a bus. She's like, I've been waiting for this bus since I was a freshman at Columbia University. Like, okay. And then the lady, oh, uh, elderly Carol Seaver just walks off. Then Carol doesn't know what the heck to make of this. I don't know what this is supposed to be. It's some weird song and dance dealy with, like, a bunch of people, like, dressed like cops and other, like, passengers on this that are waiting for a bus or something, and they're kind of, like, uh, teasing Carol and circling her, and this is the bizarre, I can't make no sense of this. They're all, like, singing and circling and saying, why aren't you dating anymore and you're a misfit and everything. And they, like, push her off the bus, like, waiting platform, waiting station, and she's falling. And it turns out now she's in the sky. And she thought that she was special because she can fly. But it turns out that Mike and Ben and Chrissy are also there. So I, I, I don't... Carol's supposed to be, what, like, the middle child in a way, so maybe she's just feeling inadequate, like, she's not special, and there's nothing that makes her special. Like, she thinks her, her smarts and her education and whatever are supposed to make, uh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, yo, K. 
Nobody here has dreams like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Honey, it's just a dream. It's nothing to worry about or be embarrassed about. No, that's true. And uh, tomorrow I'm going to give you a couple numbers for some colleagues of mine you can talk with. Them. So, <laughs> yeah, the, the family's just kind of like, oh, she's like, oh, what? No one here has dreams like that? And everyone's like, oh, of course. Yes. Yes, we do. We do. And Maggie kind of pats Carol's shoulder like, honey, it's fine. We all, you know, do this all the time. It's not a big deal. That doesn't make you weirder or anything. And Jason's like, yes, and tomorrow I'll give you a couple numbers for a couple of my colleagues that you can talk to. Ugh. And just then the door opens and there's somebody in the doorway. We see light kind of, this person is backlit in the doorway. We got fog and it's really creepy. Well, TV creepy. Hello? Mike, is that you? Yeah. Oh, great. It's only my stupid brother. Quiet, Carol. Mike, you scared the life out of us. Eddie called. Where have you been? Something wrong? Yeah, I'll say. Mike? Well, what's wrong? What happened? Mike, you look like you've seen a ghost. Uh, look, I'm not crazy, am I? What are you talking about? I mean, <clears throat> I'm not the kind of kid who imagines things, right? No, honey. <sighs> That's what I was afraid of. See, I never really made it to Eddie's tonight. I thought I knew every road in Long Island. scared us to death what's going on and Mike just isn't really saying a whole lot he does look like he's seen a ghost as Ben's like wow you look like you've seen a ghost and Mike just kind of looks at him like uh 
Uh, I'm not crazy, am I? I mean, you guys know that I'm not one to make up stories and everything. And they're like, oh, no, sweetie, we know that you're not like that. And he says, well, I never made it to Eddie's. I was driving along, and we kind of go into his story, how he says, you know, I thought I knew every road in Long Island. And he's driving, the road is kind of backlit, like, with this red beam and so it's kind of like foggy with red and everything like that and it's and Mike's just driving along this road why are you on a back road to begin with but anyway he sees this girl her car is absolutely totaled he's like oh are you okay here how many fingers am I holding up she says two and she mentioned, like, some guy named Frank or someone's going to be upset because she totaled his car, probably her boyfriend. And he, he like, here, here, look, take my leather jacket. He puts his jacket around her shoulders. And then he, like, takes her hand. Like, oh, my gosh, your hand is ice cold. There's a very good indication about what this is. And the fact that I just read something or listen, you know the Scary Stories by, I think it's Alvin Schwartz? Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. They are all those creepy illustrations and stuff. Well, I have um, the audio ones. I listen to those uh, um, like once a year. I probably could listen to them today when I go to my job. Because it is Halloween. But there is a particular story related to this. So I am going to play this clip where Mike is getting to know this girl. Her name... I thought you said her name is like Carol. Uh, Carol, do you have any idea where we are? Yes. Well, would you like to share that information? <laughs> Why did it have to end this way? What? Mike, have you ever held someone in your arms and felt eternal love wash over your soul? Dozens of times. You're cute. Oh, ow! Are you okay? Look, I'll pull over. Oh, look, I'm sorry. You know, most of this car is just jagged metal here. Let me see. Oh, gosh, that is one nasty cut. Look, we're going to have to get this wrapped. If it were bleeding. Karen, Karen, why isn't it bleeding? You must not be very deep. Are you kidding? This needs stitches. The cut's gone. I told you. Uh, all right, all right. Let me see the other hand. Hey, look. It's our favorite place. Huh? Don't you remember? We had our first date there. Uh, Carol, look. I, I, I've never been to this diner in my entire life. And believe me, if I'd ever gone out with you, I would remember. <laughs> Boy, I'd remember. I'll race it to the door. Okay, so the girl's name is Kara, not Carol. And... She's just spouting off some stuff that does not make any sense to Mike. She's talking about, like, have you ever felt internal love from somebody or that reaches into their soul or something to that aspect? And, um, she's like, ow! And then he stops, pulls over, and he's like, oh my gosh, that cut! I'm sorry, this car is like a piece of shit, and it's mostly jagged metal in here. Mike! Yeah, that's real great! Yeah, who would want to drive in your hunk of heap of shit car? That's not safe. But anyway, he's like, oh my gosh, this cut looks like it needs stitches. He's like, oh, it's it's fine. It's not very deep. 
And Mike is still, he's not getting it. Um, they stop at this supposed diner. It looks more like a house that a diner was set up in. And she's like, oh, look, it's our favorite place that we came for our first date. And he's like, I've never been here before. And if I went out with you, I definitely would remember that. So she gets out and says, hey, I'll race you to the door. And Mike is like thinking to himself, okay, this girl is nutso, but she's a nice looking girl. So he's going to follow her inside. Okay, so this is, he should be getting clued in. We got Marilyn Monroe. We got Colonel Sanders. We got some guy in a powdered wig. I don't. Uh, Abraham Lincoln also. I don't know who that other guy is supposed to be. But these people are all dead. Who's that guy in the hat? Truman Capote. So Mike is just—he doesn't know what. Like, oh my gosh! Halloween's so great. Everyone's wearing costumes, and all these people stop. Like Abraham Lincoln is wrestling with some guy in a powdered wig. Uh, or uh, one of those judge-type wigs or whatever uh, from the 17th, whatever, uh, some early century. And um, everyone stops what they're doing, looks at him, and then they turn back to what they're doing. And Kara is just... This is just normal for her. But, of course, Mike doesn't know that. Oh, that's supposed to be uh, Babe Ruth hitting on Marilyn Monroe. (laughs) So... Marilyn Monroe apparently makes fun of Babe Ruth's weight. Oh, is that Abbott and Costello over there? Um, also, what's that thing with Marilyn Monroe where, like, the... Something, like, makes her dress rise up or something? Because that's what happens here. Is Mike's like, wow, you're a dead ringer for Marilyn Monroe. And she kind of touches Mike's cheek and tells him happy Halloween. <laughs> Okay, so I guess that was right. That was Truman Capote as Colonel Sanders has got a bucket of fried chicken that he's working on. And Truman Capote is sitting across the table from him as Colonel Sanders says, hey, Truman. So Mike and Kara are sitting at the table and he tells her, like, I think you know that I've not been this here before. I've never been here before. And she starts to cry and Mike immediately, like, oh, you know what? No, in fact, I think we've been here a lot. Like, thousands of times and he shouts to some cook or somebody off in the background like hey give me my usual and hold the sprouts so Kara's like no no you're right you're just some sweet innocent boy who just found a poor girl by the side of the road so Mike says hey won't you just give me your phone number I'll call your parents and then uh, that way we can get you home safe So Mike goes to call her parents, and Truman comes up. Truman Capote comes over there, says, "Hey, it looks like you got a nice guy there." And (laughs) Kara's like, "You be nice, Truman," and she tells him, "Well, I'm going to be going home." I notice in the background, there's a violin that's playing the theme to Growing Pains in the background. So she goes to power her nose in the bathroom and she goes right through the door. She doesn't open the door, she just goes right through it. As Mike's oblivious because he's on the phone. So Mike's at the table and Abraham Lincoln is a server there and hands Mike his drink and Mike's like, hey, have you seen the girl that I came with? And Abraham Lincoln's like, oh yeah, nice girl. 
And Mike mentions how he was on the phone with the girl's mother and she just hung up on him after she burst into tears. Yeah, that's a red flag right there. And all of a sudden, she just appears out of nowhere at the table. Like, I'm ready to go. And Mike's like, whoa, where the hell did you come from? So Mike tells her that, you know, he tried to get out on the phone with his, with her mother. And she just burst into tears and said, hey, you're playing a cruel joke. And she hung up. So Kara is like, okay, here, I'll show you the way. And they leave. And then we also see at this place, Liberace and Jimi Hendrix. So... Alright, I'm going to play this clip as she's kind of guiding Mike to where she's been trying to get all this time. Hey, it looked like you floated to me. We're almost there. I don't see any houses. Mike, stop the car. Why? Because I'm home. I'm finally home. Kara, we're in the middle of nowhere. Dance with me, Frankie. It's Mike, remember? Please. Ah, Carol, you're losing me here. <laughs> For one moment, that's all I ask. Look, um, Kara, look, I've got an idea, okay? What do you say you just get back in the car, I'll drive you home, and everything's gonna be okay? All right, um, come on, obviously you've been through a lot of shock today, and, and you're a little confused. Goodbye! Wait, hey, where are you going? Home! No, at home? Kara, look, there's no houses up there! Come on, there's no houses for miles! Kara! 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 And Kara, this isn't funny! So she asked Mike to dance, and they dance, and she thinks she's talking to Frankie, and Mike's like, hey, just let's get back in the car and keep driving. And she takes off running, and he runs after her, and cause she's like, I'm going home, and he's like, well, there's no houses out through here. He sees her run into the cemetery, it's still night, it's still foggy, and of course she has his leather jacket still. <coughs> he wanders into the cemetery, finds his leather jacket on a tombstone. He pulls it down. It says, Kara Day, D-A-Y-E, 1956 to 1973, our baby forever. That's sad. So she was 17 when she, 16, 17? Yeah. Ah, that's sad. But we all knew, guys. We all knew that she was dead the whole damn time. I mean, come on. How could you not? All the signs were there. This is exactly just like the other... The, the very scary stories to tell in the dark. How that ended. Honey, are you okay? Yeah. You know, it's just that the one thing that makes no sense whatsoever is... Is... 
how you guys can be so gullible. <laughs> what? None of this happened. No. Mike, you scared us to death. And is there a better night for it? Yeah, you would have made a great pilgrim. <laughs> well, you planned all this. No, I didn't. I just planned to come home and scare Ben. When I knew that he would be here toilet paper in the house. I've had it. Everybody's accusing me of this, but there's not one scrap of evidence. How about your hundred pounds of two-ply? I'll go to my room. <laughs> you guys being here only made it better. Thank goodness for this storm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, the storm, it's over. So I can go? Yeah, go on. Let's go, let's go, let's go. You didn't have me fooled for a second. Oh, come on, Dad. How can you sit there in damp shorts and tell me that? <laughs> oh, great. So everybody's happy now except good old Carol. Yep. <laughs> oh, that better be that clown or else... Hello. I'm Carol. Louise's friend. This is my brother and my father. Let's go. Did I ever tell you about the Halloween night I had when I was about your age? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the yellow eyes. No, these were orange eyes. But that's getting ahead of the story. No, this was a Halloween night, much like this. I was about your age. And I don't have any candy. I got to give them fruit. Oh, come on, Dad. Don't give them fruit. What else do I have? Well, you give them some money. Yeah, or I could give them one of my kidneys. Hi, I'm Larry Leakey, Luann's friend. I'm here to pick up... Carol, Seaver. You're her date? Yes. Well, then who'd she leave with? I hope Luann didn't exaggerate too much about me. So, what line of work are you in? Procurement. Where are we going? All right, well, we get back to present day, and Mike is, he's like, I got you. <laughs> I fooled you, did Mike? And they're like, oh my gosh, Mike, seriously, you scared us to death. Did you really plan this whole thing? With, like, him probably having Eddie call and everything like that. And, and Mike's like, no, I just, I figured Ben would be home, and I wanted to scare him. So, definitely, he's, his story's gonna get number one. Definitely. Uh, turns out the storm is letting up. So, Maggie takes Chrissy trick-or-treating, and there's a knock at the door, and Carol, there's the Grim Reaper at the door. <laughs> and he takes Carol, she just assumes, oh, it's my blind date here. So, she leaves with him, and Jason's sitting down, and... Telling Mike, like, did I ever tell you about the time? And he, Mike's like, yeah, Dad, the glowing eyes. Ben's upstairs with his hundred pounds of toilet paper. Um, <laughs> so he's gone. And then, of course, knock, knock, knock at the door. There's a court jester there. A guy dressed up as a court jester saying, hey, I'm Luann's friend. I'm here to pick up. Uh, as he pulls the name from the bottom of his shoe. Oh, it's Carol. And Jason's looking at Mike like, well, then who the fuck did Carol leave with? And we see Carol 
in this car with this guy dressed up like the Grim Reaper. And she asks, what line of work do you do? And he's like, procurement. And we see he's driving a hearse. And then, of course, we move. the camera moves over to this group of people that are wearing masks. They pull them down. It's the cast of Growing Pains. And they're like, happy Halloween from Growing Pains. And that is the episode. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So yeah, Mike's story is definitely going to get the top slot. Um, From there, I'd say Jason's, then Carol's, then... Let's see. Well... No, we'll do Maggie's, then Carol's, then Ben. Ben's, of course, was not even really a story. So, yeah. That's how I rate them. From best to worst. This was a cute episode. I really, really liked it. Um, So, from here on out, what we're going to do, because, like I said, the official Growing Pains podcast does not officially start until January. So, I think I'll be doing weekly. But, as I said before, I am not, I repeat, I am not doing every single episode of all the seven seasons. I'm not doing that. Um, I've handpicked some, and I'll kind of go through here and there. Whether it'll be weekly or bi-weekly, I haven't decided yet. You will still get Mr. Belvedere. I'm still undecided whether or not season two of Silver Spoons will be up on, or whether I'm just going to stop with season one and just keep you know, because that's mainly the Punky Power podcasts. Um, Silver Spoons is on that uh, feed, so we'll we'll see, we'll see. Um, but yeah, Christmas is coming up, so we got a couple Christmas episodes. I did do the kid last year, but I'm actually going to re-record it this year, so that we can hopefully get some clips in there and everything. So. I hope you have a wonderful and safe Halloween if you're going out. Be safe. And, yeah. I'll be back in December with a couple Christmas episodes. I think there's one from season one where Ben gets a puppy, which we never see that or hear from that puppy again. And then, of course, the kid. Um, There is one from season seven, but I'm going to do that next year, so hopefully Christmas 2019, which is still a long ways off. But, um, alrighty. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye.